You're listening to the Antos Podcast, where we explore the nature of stories and the pursuit of being in truth. I'm Mac. And I'm Vod. And our sentience depends on you. Now cue the intro music. Rated S for spoilers. Big time spoilers. Cosmere implications voice. The entire Cosmere, including the Lost Metal. I don't know if we're going to talk about the Lost Metal too much here, but you know what we are going to talk about? It's giving this podcast a follow. Sharing this with your friends. Please let people know about us. People who have, especially these type of episodes for people that have read a bunch of the Cosmere stuff, let them know that we exist. Yep. And for anyone who's new that you might think, hey, they would really enjoy reading this and they have me to talk to, but you know... Maybe they want more people to kind of read about with. Here we are. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you for everyone who has followed us. And uh, let's get started. So the big thing that we were going to talk about here was compounding. Yes, it is overriding. It's fine. Okay. Um, So we're talking about compounding, um, which got introduced with the Lord Ruler, which, again, I kind of forgot. Uh, Again, I, I have like just the worst memory. I forgot that the Lord Ruler like didn't just store his his stuff away and then pull it out. He was compounding it. Yeah, when you compound things, you know, there's not an exact number. Says it throws out something like ten times. I think it's mentioned in Era Two as ten as well. I just had in my head ten times whatever you get. Yeah. Um, and so that I don't think ever even gets mentioned again until Era Two. Mm, nope. Like I don't think it mentioned gets mentioned in Hero of Ages or nope. Will of Ascension. Um, that's because they don't have any more twinborn yet. They don't have twinborn until era two. Right, right. Um, which is kind of unfortunate because we in a debate about uh, I've seen like on the communities about um, who had who would be the most powerful non shardic being uh, a fullborn, which is an alum a full on mistborn with full on ferrochemy, was like considered basically unstoppable. Um, yeah, why wouldn't they be? So let me let me then just pull out my nitpicks about the whole how the Lord Ruler died. If he was able to compound zinc, or rather if he was able to use ferrochemical zinc, he should have had absolute clarity of mind. We know he probably was storing some speed because he was using a lot of speed. Now, that could have been just pewter, like duralamine pewter or flared pewter or whatever, but I'm going to guess it's probably speed that was he was using. And uh, so with combined speed with uh acute uh, clarity of mind he would have felt his bracers being pulled and probably would have felt them seen them bit pull off and would have put had should have had the ability to grab them right now i know that's probably a bit of a nitpick but it's just one of those things i was thinking like he had so many powers at his disposal that could have saved him like not even i think we just chalk it up to arrogance right that's what it sounded like it was. Somewhat? Oh, arrogance. Arrog- yeah. Arrogance, yeah. Well, because the other thing is, is you, as you, like, we were looking up earlier before we got on, was that um, he didn't fear the Steel Inquisitors because he could control them just like he could control Chandra. I mean, it would. it's assumed, right? I don't think it's said anywhere that that's the case. But, like, Steel Inquisitors, because they're spiked, and they're spiked so much, they should be able to be controlled with a very powerful soother and at this point would he not be the most powerful alamancer yeah i mean i guess it would be just assumed uh because i mean the coloss are able to the contra to an extent are able to they had to use duralamine duralamine yes 
So maybe. But yeah, and, and so then the question like, how did Marsh betray him? And actually, that was a question I had even when I first read the book was, okay, Marsh is an Inquisitor, but you would think they probably would have something built in so that they couldn't betray him. Because, you know, it doesn't sound like they were super thorough about getting Marsh vetted. And it wasn't an extremely long initiation process. So, you know, how come there wasn't another Marsh in the past? I don't know. Uh, maybe just going through the whole process, it would turn a lot of people off or I, I don't know. It, just, it was just a little strange that they, he, was, they, they, he was able to pull that off. And I can't think of anything in canon that explains it, except for maybe that Ruin would have somehow given him, given him some more leeway. Oh, yeah, like inter- interfered with the Lord Ruler's ability to do something. Right, yeah. and because it would be in Ruin's best interest that the Lord Ruler die, because the Lord Ruler knew about Ruin, and he was prepared, at least we can tell from secret history, to take up the power of the Well of Ascension again and again and again to prevent Ruin from ever getting it. Um, which why preservation now is like his boy. Well, also, he just loved the fact that he lived for a long time, and that's kind of preservation's he, thing. He literally just thought Alindy was cool. Yeah. Or, or not, not sorry, Alindy, sorry, the Lord Ruler, yeah. Um, but, um, I mean, that was like the big, like, Cosmere-level drop, you know, the nuke that we got. We also got, like, how Steel Inquisitors are made, and that they had, like, that linchpin, which I tried to look up on, like, the Hemalurgy uh, charts and things like that. They have some really interesting things, but nothing that explains like why the linchpin is like a thing other than the fact that it is. You would think, in theory, if you had removed the, both of the eye spikes, you would get the same thing. Um, but that's just a thing with with steel inquisitors as they exist. We don't really understand a whole bunch about hemology at this point in the Cosmere anyway. I mean, we're already learning in the Lost Metal, so here, now we can pull in the Lost Metal to this, that you can use spikes to take investiture and invest the spikes without killing them by, like, going through their spines or something like that. Um, And so we got hemologic chimeras, we got the coloss, we got the chondra. All we know is metal go through living material and weird thing happen. Uh, but we also know that it has to be very specific. Like when they took the, the investiture out of the people when that experiment, they apparently had to say, have a specific intent and say some words and things like that. We don't understand exactly all the details of it, but it wasn't as simple as just take spike and do thing. Also, we also learned that it can be deadly, uh, to remove a spike once it's already placed and that they have to be placed in very specific areas um, to get the actual effect. Otherwise, you can have catastrophic results. Um, so I don't know if this is the case. And again, this would be kind of me guessing. I'm trying to remember, is the is that linchpin, is that the healing spike? Because one thing I know about it is that it's needed if a person is spiked four or more times. It's not needed if they're only spiked three times or less. So it, it it has to do with like negating the negative effects or the deadliness of being spiked four or more times. I think it's well, at least at least it could be a good theory, but that's not a thing. I don't think there's like a word of Brandon or anything in canon that explains it. Um, like it's just said, like we don't know what metal it's made of. Uh, we just know it goes like in between the shoulder blades, basically, and it binds the spikes together and allows you to have more than just a couple spikes. Um, and we know that in era two, hemology is way weaker than it used to be. 
that's uh, that was in the Ars Arcanum of Error too. Um, and so like steel inquisitors as they exist in this era cannot exist in, in the later eras. Um, and that might be, you know, just the whole like concept of like water. I mean, Alamancy's watered down. Pharaoh can be watered down. I guess hemolurgy is also watered down. Now their healing is, I just, I just found that their healing is spiked between the ribs. Yeah. Yeah. I thought there so, was, I thought there was a specific like place gold goes into. So yeah, I don't think it tells us why the lunch pins needed. It's just needed if they're spiked four more times. So that was like the quite interesting other l- little reveal here. Um, let's see. 34 or 35 began after Kelsier dies. So it's funny because I remember when Kelsier died, we, we both went and listened to like the first like couple of minutes of secret history. Secret history yeah. Cause I, I Kelsier thought, burned the 11th medal. Right. Well, dolphin noise. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's the thing. I thought he had some sort of profound, like profane, like response to it, but no, he was just like, how can I use this? Uh, you know, yeah. and that was it. Um, so I think it would be kind of, you know, you had a, if you had a, there are some interesting reading orders I think could be made if you were to like insert secret history right there, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, like say, read these chapters of secret history. Now come back to final empire. Now read these parts of secret history. Now come back at well of ascension. Um, because culture just gets basically, you know, stuck until, uh, Ven takes up the power of the Well of Ascension. So it mostly is like a few chapters here for Final Empire. And then once it gets to the Well of Ascension, don't read anything until you finish Well of Ascension. Then he's in through a whole bunch of, of uh, Hero of Ages. Yeah. Um, but another thing I uh, didn't realize as a consequence was I always knew that the Lord Ruler like he did, was trying to get rid of the Ferrochemists. And he makes all the Ferrochemists uh, into uh, mist wraiths, and some of his friends he gives them consciousness, and they're the first generation Chandra. So all the mist wraiths we see were previously Ferrochemists that like came in when the Empire was first formed. He wasn't able to get rid of Ferrochemy though because of it being like latent in the population of the Terrace people. What I don't get. And I could be wrong here, or I could be missing something. Was why did he just not kill them all? They were his people. That's the only explanation I can get because he sounds like he was perfectly good and good with killing basically anyone he anyone else. Like he pretty his, much his people deserve to be dominant. Yeah. So, but you know that's what the Condor were there for. Those were his buddies, and. So, but the other consequence of that was with the finger, the, with the breeding programs, he was apparently so, he, apparently he had them so under his thumb that he could do the breeding programs, but not under his thumb enough to just wipe them out. I, I, I don't know why the other, other, so except I, I, I have, for, I have my ideas here. Okay. So, so, right. He did. I think, I definitely think I'm in the camp where it's the, he became more and more the Lord ruler. Because Ruin kept messing with him, and I feel like I feel like because we can tell like near the end, right? We we can see all the things he did for humanity to survive, but also like he got like more brutal and more brutal and more brutal as he kept ruling. My thought process here was when he first took up the power and everything, and he kept it, was that 
those were his people. He didn't want to kill them all. And then, why later? Why didn't he just exterminate them later? Well, by that point, maybe he was making Steel Inquisitors, right? Which means the breeding program was needed. How are these Inquisitors getting healing properties and stuff if there's no ferrochemist to steal it from? Hmm. So, like, he was keeping ferrochemy around at a very small rate here to to steal, to, to take these and make these Inquisitors. Hmm. Do they have hemorrhagic spikes from ferrochemists? I mean, we don't... Yeah, yes, no, yeah, all the spikes can take ferrochemy, too. In fact, that's what Ruin did. Remember when in, in the third book, it talked about how Ruin took all the Inquisitors to go to Terrace, and they hunted down, like, every single keeper they could find, and stole all their ferrochemical abilities and made them even more powerful. Yeah, because I remember Marsh gets more spikes, uh, and yeah. that was, like, the whole thing, was that he becomes, like, a super Inquisitor, essentially. And I guess, okay, but I don't, I, I don't know. It, it, it seems... A little weird. Like I, I could be, I could buy that, and I could also buy that he kept them around because he needed them for if Ruin never came out, that they might need you know a few ferrochemists. But at the same time, his whole thing was like he he did, he could not have twinborns essentially, and maybe I mean I thought that was actually the bigger point was he was trying to keep Alamancy and Farrakimi separate because if anyone ever ever was able to compound age the way he would then they wouldn't be able to die and actually if they could just compound gold they basically wouldn't be able to die um so I don't know it, it just seemed I remember thinking that at first too like oh he feared the terrorist people so much but it sounds like he was completely able to wipe them out if he wanted to one of the arguments I could could have heard was that, oh, they were up in the mountains and it's really hard to get in the mountains and fight, so he couldn't really get rid of all of them. But again, he was able to do the breeding programs and he was very successful with that. So he clearly had enough access to them to be able to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nitpicking or maybe it's something that we're going to pick up on in our read-throughs that will explain everything. I've... So Ruin, at the end, the very end of the book, we hear Reen's voice mm -hmm. yeah, and it yeah. changes and he goes, go back. And this was thought originally when I first saw that, I went, oh, is Vin never going to get rid of Reen's voice now? And it's just changing because she's learned, oh, okay, you know, he didn't, uh, he didn't betray me, which means that, you know, his voice is going to take on a less sinister role in his head. Nope. That was 100% Rune saying, go back. Why? The Lord Ruler's dead and the Well of Ascension is in Lufadel. So she could not run away. He needed her to stay. Right, right. And um, by this point, you know, all the Well of Ascension is her, him trying to convince her to go in there and, and get the power, get the power, get the power. Um, so I, I thought that was a cool little nod. It's one of those things that, like, when you read the first time, you just don't ever notice it. Like, we, it's like We can talk about the discussion we had with the epigraph where I said that it was a hint by Brandon that preservation existed, and you said that maybe it wasn't preservation. Oh, no, yeah, in the epigraph. So, so let's, let's talk about that real fast. So this epigraph, right? We're talking about the, the, the epigraph that was for the epilogue, right? And it was like, if there are prophecies, if there is a hero of ages, then my mind whispers but that, that there must be something directing my path. Something is watching, and something cares. These peaceful whispers tell me a truth I wish very much to believe. If I fail, another shall come to finish my work. Now, this could just be when he means whispers, he might not mean literal whispers. This might could this could just be him going like 
I personally, the thing that's going to bring me hope is the fact that I know that if I fail, someone else is going to, is going to succeed past me, you know, maybe as a way of him talking, talking to himself and trying to make himself feel less stressed, less nervous, less, whatever it is. But if we take that as this kind of being that way, I saw it as, oh, is Brandon trying to hint that, you know, at this point, even this early on to new readers, that preservation exists, that someone is watching, that someone does care. And you said, well, if it's whispers, could it be ruined? Because preservation doesn't whisper. And another thing, this actually you brought up too, was we talked about the mist thing stabbing that one guy. The the mist attacks that guy. And we know that that's not preservation because preservation refused to do it even when Kelsier tried to get him to do it. And now I'm remembering something like literally just now was I think he was sent ahead and he found the Well of Ascension. He found it, right? Yeah. yeah. That he was probably, Rashik would have told his boy, take the freaking power, you know? Like, he would have been like, you need to take it because he can't take it. And then Ruin would have stabbed him and said, so that he could make sure that Lindy was the one that made it up there. Maybe, because I want to say the guy who was sent ahead, was it a Terrace Pac-Man? Yeah. He was uh, one of them. I forgot his name. Fingley? Pingley? Something? Um, And he ended up being stabbed after he found the lake. Yeah, I'm reading here. I think that Fedek, that's the only time Fedek's mentioned is in that epigram. I think it just might be one of Alindy's people. Maybe so. And he wanted to go take a sample, and then the creature was like, attacked and then that's when he he was like well maybe we shouldn't do that well and i guess that also makes sense because i guess if he touched it he would have probably taken he would have the taken power. the power up if he would even just touched it so it would make sense that ruin would likely likely use that as a as a thing um but man reading rereading these epigraphs was like so cool like having yeah, we, known the story we said for the non-spoiler crew you know if you're just following the spoiler episodes to see what we thought about what's going on uh, well, for the non-spoiler crew, we said, hey, go back and reread the epigraphs, just them, because it's incredible how much, you know, you miss just looking at it from a final, the Final Empire section of the story, but then even outside of that, most of our spoiler episodes have been talking about these dang epigraphs. Right, right. And so it was, um, <coughs> it was a, uh, it was super cool, like being able to reread it, even like from the very beginning. Uh, just being able to see like them talk about, you know, the things everyone knows, like I, I will hold the world on my arms, not in my arms, yeah. on my arms. Uh, and then we all have, you know, my rant about discord. Um, you know, I think I had my own little rant in there somewhere where I talked about how the prophecy of that one, um, like mapping the entire world, it said that they were going to find harmony through mapping the entire world. Peace and harmony. And I was like, mm. yeah. Well, and I mean, we did talk about fortune, you know, in the previous yeah. in the previous episodes, like how that was the first time, and the only time I can even remember, like fortune really being something that got directly mentioned, uh, and then being associated with colors, which we all know is associated with the shards. Um, what I thought was kind of surprising is this a Warbreaker reference? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I found kind of surprising that um, Vin didn't hear more pulsing from the Well of Ascension, except for like, you know, in the second book. Um, I know that's because it wasn't full, full yet. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think it's like a year between when she actually takes up the power and the end of this first book, something along those lines. It's a while, yeah. 
Because I remember when the Lord Ruler and in, 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 in Secret History comes up, he's like, man, basically, like, I was, we were a year away. One year away, and I would have taken it. Also, I think 1024, is that some, that's some sort of factorial, or that's a factor of uh, 16, isn't it? I, I don't know on that one. I'm just saying 1024, like, 10, it's, it's 1,024 years before the Well of Ascension refills. And I, there's got to be some significance to that number. I'm telling you there's got to be something there maybe because what is it preservation starts snapping people in the in the whole 16 what is it the factors of 16 yeah snapping people it's one out of 16 yeah uh, people end up, end up snapping or something like that um i thought it was really cool about how when she's fighting the lord ruler and we learned about how she's able to pull in the mist and use the mist everything it specifically describes how the lord ruler pushes her earring out of her and yeah. then she's able to do it. It pushes the earring out of her, but also it's like that would take an incredible amount of power to pull on him, right? Mm-hmm. So why why did she not launch into him? Because he was actively pushing her away. Yeah. That was the whole point. And I thought that was like a detail I missed. Also, I'm just going to say, I've been starting to try to put my headcanon that the Lord Ruler looks like Henry Cavill. Mm. Because he's described almost perfectly as the Lord Ruler. Put, give him long hair. And he's a tall, handsome man. I know everyone wants to to put like someone with like darker skin because I think we all I, imagine Sazed with darker skin. I imagine Sazed with darker skin. But I also imagine like because when there were terrorists and people that they were talking about like that had like much lighter skin, and so I don't know. I, I there was just I, I swear I, I think it's the opposite. I swear that the 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 terrorist men had darker skin. It might be true. I but but when I because because I when you hear the Lord Ruler, he's described as light skinned. Um, and like real with jet black hair, very tall, wearing you know very contrasty clothes, uh, and I was super surprised about that. But then I started seeing people's art of like the Lord Ruler, and he was always like lighter skin. So I was like, well, shoot, Henry Cavill it's, it's, it's makes a, makes a lot of sense for that, and he's available. And but he and if you're gonna do a throwaway role, it was either gonna be Henry Cavill or Dwayne Johnson, uh, was another one I kind of thought of. I, I definitely, you know, maybe maybe the Lord Ruler is more lighter skinned, and maybe maybe he's like that for a reason. Maybe he was kind of pushed off the terrorist look on purpose to to, to look different than a terrorist man, because it would be kind of sus if they're just looking up at him and going, "He looks like a terrorist man." Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's a good. That's... So, so that that make that make make a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, I know for sure. Sazed, Sazed is definitely yeah darker yeah, skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and that's why my thing is I think, and we also get a lot of it with the with the um, with the reading from the audiobook. You know, his accent makes him, you know, sound like he probably hails from somewhere. Like, but we have, it's Gadriel, so who knows? Yeah, Henry Cavill, huh? Because that's the thing. It would be cool. It would be cool for sure. And we know how much of a of a fantasy stand this dude is. But he would have such a hopefully like such a short you know stint because you hopefully they wouldn't make a huge thing with the Lord Ruler except for in Hero of Ages then that'd be an interesting thing to have a really really high play with him. Yeah, because I wonder if they made it more than just a movie, right? A lot of the epigraphs would still include Rashik in it. The problem is, is then you'd see Henry Cavill in there every disguised him. Well, you give him a good beard or a CGI mustache like they did. Um, 
before. <laughs> um, then that it could be something corporate wants you to find the difference in these two characters. Yeah. So, but, no, but that's what I'm saying. That what I would be saying is like they would do the epigraphs. They wouldn't do them in the first book at all. It would be if they did like another movie. Then like all the epigraphs that they were ignoring because they didn't want to spoil the Lord Ruler aspect could be in the second movie. Yeah, um, I, I, there's so many different creative ways I could go about it. I'm really interested to see. Because Brandon even said like he he was gonna try to write a screenplay, but he had said in the previous in previous lectures that he said, "I don't really want to write a screenplay because, you know, different writing has different talents." And I'm, I wouldn't be good at that. No, he said he said I would be mediocre at it. Uh, it's like you, you wouldn't get a screenwriter and ask them to write a novel because they would probably be okay, but they wouldn't probably be mediocre at it because you're just not practiced in that. You know, so I'd prefer for a really good screenwriter to take this up and really actually do some good with it. But yeah, I mean, just last little cool thing. Again, the continuity is so freaking cool. We did we set it for the non-spoiler homies out there, dude. Marsh is just there as a steel inquisitor, and he just Brandon just casually writes, "Oh yeah, one one inquisitor didn't give in to the blood blood killing craze of killing the Lord Praelin." And I'm like, "That's Marsh." And again, you're you're kind of it's one of those things that you're like so like flabbergasted, distracted with all the other things that it's you just blow by it when you first read it, and it's one of those details that like we notice on our second read through um, that you probably wouldn't notice or care about in the first read through. Yeah, um, and. You're right. Like, it's these little details that keep adding up. One of those things I said, like, I completely forgot so many things. And it, it, this this re- second read-through was more satisfying for me than the first. And I don't, I, I like you like we said in our first episode, we don't commonly reread things or go over things. No, it, it takes me sharing it with someone else. And the thing was, like, like you said, I was more satisfying. I told you that learn, like, just listening to you read it the first time was super, super satisfying, even a little more satisfying than me reading it the first time because I got to watch someone else see all the coolness. And like like you said, it feels super satisfying because we're doing this podcast and we're sharing it with more people. It feels awesome to just be able to like go through it all again and know that it, we're kind of talking with an entire community. It's so cool. Right, right. And because, I mean, there are all the communities are really good at like picking out all the little details and stuff. And it was cool to see that, you know, to do the, do the D- DiCaprio pointing meme um, and see, see stuff like that. But like you said, like those little things, like there was an inquisitor that stayed behind, you know, uh, I forgot that uh, she let the guard go away in the beginning. And that was what ultimately saved her life when Ellen was able to bring him in. And it was like never mentioned again. And that was fine. Um, I, um, and it was it was also fun for us to to say like you know when she throws stays it under the bus and it never gets mentioned again, um, and see like here was the build up for Marsh like for me personally when I first read it I thought Marsh coming out as an Inquisitor was like what you know I let it go by the by the by the sec- like halfway through the second book but I was still like why how did he become one of these super powerful things but again it was explained very well early on ready ready for me to hit you with this because i remember this hmm. Gorodell. do you remember who Gorodell is he's one of the most important characters in the series no he's the messenger spook sent out that march oh, intercepts that's right. that's right i remember i remember Gord. I, remember, I was like i've heard this name i've heard this name before oh that's right oh yeah 
see again. You know, and it's one of those things. It's like when we get like we're probably looking like you know really really dumb with some of our like oh did this happen <laughs> like did that happen right now and then we're gonna go through the second book and be like oh yeah we've already I mean I've already done it on spoiler episodes this book I've gone oh man yeah that wasn't really well explained. Uh, oh yeah, that really wasn't set up very well. And then I go, oh well, I was just dumb and I didn't read, you know, properly. But I will say my thing, my point with with Kelsier and Mare still stands. Like he still, he never in any book, even Secret History, ever actually like takes to heart like the whole point of, oh my wife didn't betray me. But you know what? The same thing happens basically with Vin. I don't think she ever really like like leans into the whole Reen never betrayed me thing. She kind of has a thing here at the end of this book. Maybe we'll see in the second and third books. Maybe she talks about it a little bit more, but I don't know that she does. I don't think she ever has like a big moment where she sits down and goes, wow, well, maybe my brother wasn't so bad. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, well, we appreciate everyone who's been following through with this. We probably missed some details. If so, you know, definitely let us know. Um, but we look forward to everyone following us for the Well of Ascension. Hey everyone, Vod here. Please rate our podcast and follow us for regular episodes Monday through Friday. If you enjoy listening, consider subscribing. We are a very small project, so please support us with likes and comments. You can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ontos. That's patreon.com slash O-N-T-O-S. Thanks again, and remember, our sentience depends on you.